Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow, great to see you again. Critics agree, Loki season two is marvelous, great, and it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Absent Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com Hello and welcome to Hapsent Minded. My name is Jared Buck. Continuing our look at the top 25, under 25, and giving Patrick a little bit of a break. He's been, he's been rolling out the podcast. Him and him, Anton, have uh, been working really hard in the last couple of weeks. So uh, it's a North American version of, uh, of Absent Minded. Joining me is Scott Matlas. Scott, it's been a while since you've been on this podcast. Obviously, uh, people have heard your voice uh, a lot uh, on Locked On and, and things like that as well. But uh, how are you doing? It, it's, it has been a while. I'm pretty sure... <laughs> Oh God, going back to last year, I'm pretty sure, but it's been, it's been good. I, I do love the top 25 under 25 and like our managing editor put it, uh, we're covering a hockey game in a week. And I went, Oh, I forgot how to do that. So <laughs> yeah, I'm literally coming back from a women's hockey game and it's probably the first live women's hockey game I've seen in about a year and a half, if, if not more, uh, I, I can't really do the math right now, but yeah, it, it's crazy, and it's it's crazy that we're talking about hockey because it feels like we never really stopped. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of a break, but not really. Uh, but yeah, it's it's crazy. But next up on the top twenty-five under twenty-five is number six, and we're entering uh, the territory of people that we expect to see in in Canadians' uniforms this year, and, and it's Ryan Paling, and I, I think that. We, we just were waiting for so long to see this kind of performance from Ryan Paling since he basically turned professional. And, and it, it's really been a journey for his, his, his prospect valuation over the years, but he's coming off of a great season with the Laval Rocket and, and he probably would have had a look in the NHL if, if he hadn't finished the season with an injury. Yeah, and, and the thing is, you and I are kind of of the same mind here that Ryan Paling is or was the prospect with the most kind of riding on last season. It was an abbreviated AHL season. He didn't show much in the AHL. He didn't show much in the NHL his rookie season after his debut, and he played through various injuries, the adjustment, the Rockets struggled a little bit. It was tough for him, and he admits that, and 
this past year, he found instant chemistry with uh, Joseph Blandizi and Joel Teasdale, and their line was incredibly consistent. They were all about a point per game. They were all consistent, even scoring across that power play, penalty kill, everything. Everything we wanted to see from Ryan Paling, we saw last year. And like you said, he would have been called up when the Canadians were kind of struggling a bit towards the end of the season, but he was injured. He and his entire line all went down with season-ending injuries within four days of each other and just <laughs> the worst kind of luck I've ever seen. So it was it was exactly what we wanted from Ryan Paling finally in the AHL. Yeah, you know, I had him at 13 a year ago in the rankings and it wasn't really anything against Ryan Paling. It's just, you know, you, you and I both watched the, the rocket, you know, all of, you know, that year and just, he never really was the best player on the ice or even close really. Uh, he had flashes of brilliance, but you know, if you compare him to say when Jesperi Kotkaniemi went down that year to the, to the rocket, there was an obvious time when Kotkaniemi and, and Charles Houdon and, and, and that, rocket team were were the best players and for for ryan paling you know it, it came to a point where like he was getting outplayed by like joe cox and, and guys like that and it was just it, it was just you you wondered what the upside was and the answer is you know he, he doubled his production in less games um you know from one ahl season to the next and obviously you know his nhl time 27 games two points that plays a, a lot in your confidence especially when you're trying to score and I think that what, you know, he's, I, I always put him behind Jake Evans just because Evans was showing it in the AHL level. And now Paling is finally starting to show it. And, and I think that it's going to be very interesting to see what he, he brings to training camp, I think, because this is going to be our first NHL look at him since he had that, you know, since he was sent down basically uh, over a year ago. And that's the thing is I, he's the one of the players with the most to gain in training camp right yeah, now. Absolutely. Nick Suzuki and Christian Dvorak are locked in, in those top six spots, one a one B, whatever you want to call them. That third line center spots up for grabs. If Ryan Paling plays like he did in the AHL last year, we both love the way Jake Evans plays the game, but that's Ryan Paling's spot to lose. There's more upside there. It, yeah. It's I'm really curious to see what version of him we get in camp and into the preseason, because you know, they're going to give him every chance to earn that. And I think he will be on the NHL roster. It's just a matter of, is he going to be the fourth line center or is he going to be the third line center? Is he going to get penalty killing time? It's up to him and to prove that he's, that he can, he deserves, that's the word I'm looking for, that he deserves <laughs> that kind of space on the ice. Yeah. And you know, that, that third line center, because I think that Evans is a guy that, you know, he's, if he, if he's not third line center, he's going to be fourth line center without a doubt. And, and not like a, a, four, a eight minute a night fourth line center. He's going to be a guy who can, who can play those tough minutes, especially on the penalty kill that third line center. And it would have been the case, you know, no matter who was in that spot, but especially with Yesperi Kanyemi not being around that third line is going to have some good wingers on it, right? It, it, no matter what way you, you slice it, you know, if you have Caulfield to Foley, Hoffman, Gallagher, Drouin, Anderson, you know, those are your top three lines, basically, in some kind of combination, right? So if you put, like, Ryan Paling next to, you know, just say, you know, Jonathan Drouin and Josh Anderson, I don't know if I trust that line defensively, but, you know, as, as an example, 
there's an opportunity for whoever takes that third line to be more than just a, you know, shutdown guy. There's going to be some offensive potential in that third line for the Montreal Canadiens. And Paling finally showed at the professional level, besides that three point, that three goal game in his debut, that he finally uh, had had the ability to, to lead a team like that. And you know th- that could be a line that could be really interesting, whether it's the third line or the fourth line. You know, you put Paling with a guy like you know with Yol Armia and Arturi Lekkinen, two guys who I didn't even mention in that top nine forwards. By the way, uh, it- it's going to be a really interesting to see a how the Canadians line up opening day with their lineup, but especially how they line up training camp and who gets those opportunities. Because you have guys like Cedric Paquette, Matthew Perrault, you know, guys were not, you know, down the depth chart now. And, you know, I've already named like between the centers and the wingers, I've probably named about 13, 14 forwards. There's going to be some competition for those spots. And that's even before Paul Byron comes back from injury. So it's, it's definitely all to play for, for Ryan Paling. And, and you have to say he deserves a look now. You know, you might have not said that a year ago, but now it's it's really getting interesting. And, and credit to Ryan Paling because he really, he had to show something and he definitely uh, changed a lot of people's minds, I think. Yeah, it, it, he, he's, my, my biggest fear with him is that we saw this with Michael McCarron in that he had a really bad one year and then he kind of got himself back on track in the OHL and we had expectations and then we all know how that turned out, but <laughs> I don't think Ryan Paling's that kind of player because he has, and this is going to sound so mean, but whatever, McCarron's not a prospect in this organization anymore. He has hockey IQ to play with yeah. and he has the acumen to make that work and to be responsible and trusted by Dominique Ducharme and the coaching staff. I, I think he is outside of the defensive ones, Caden Gooley and Matias Norlinder. I think Ryan Paling is the guy, is the prospect pushing the most with the most to gain from this training camp. Like you said, he could have a Yoel Army and an Arturi Lekin, and he could have a Matthew Perot and someone else. He could have Jonathan Joanne and Josh Anderson. There's so many things that they can make these lines into whatever they want them to. Ryan Paling doesn't have to be a checking center. Ryan Paling can just be Ryan Paling with whoever's on the wings. And there's enough pieces that they'll find something that works. It's the one benefit to Montreal signing 10 million wingers or having 10 million wingers <laughs> in the organization this year. You could even argue there's an opening on the second power play unit for a center, right? You know, if, if Dvorak and, and Suzuki are, are going to be on, on the first power play, which is what we expect. It's not necessarily written in stone but there's an opening for a guy like Paling to step in because, you know, he's a guy who can run, not, not run a power play, but be available on the the half wall, you know, be a guy that you can use to reset. He he has some, he has skill, you know, he's not necessarily going to be a a 60 point guy or or things like that, but you know, he's a guy you can put on a a second power play, even penalty kill down the road. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of, stamp that Dominic Ducharme puts on this team and 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 what Ryan Paling does with his chance because you know I I think that you know you mentioned Gooley and Norlander and and that's really like there's not really any forwards that are knocking at the door you know Lucas Vedemo maybe but even then not not particularly you know I, I don't think that you know guys like um uh, JS Day is gonna you know be, be pushing for a roster spot necessarily uh, you know, a lot of those guys are going to be tickets a lot. Even Cedric Paquette, I, I think that Paling is probably ahead of him already on and, and the depth chart because I don't think you need to go with a fourth line 
center. I think Paquette might be a guy that they keep around or, or send to Laval. Or it, it's going to be really interesting to see who who gets those chances because you know we haven't even talked about guys like Alex Belzil and Yessi Ullinen, and it's it's just it's going to be this training camp is going to be crazy because even on defense. I, I feel like there's going to be room for a surprise. And, and this is, you know, this is a, a Ryan Paling podcast, but uh, yeah, th- there's a lot, a couple of guys coming in that top five, uh, even three guys, if you count Alexander Romanov, who are, are going to be fighting for spots in, in that, in that defense as well. So it's, it's going to be very interesting to watch. And really it's, it's Ducharme's first training camp as well. So lots of things to look for um for for this canadians team because the talent is there i i think that the question is how they're going to put it together and whether everyone can step up a little bit more and ryan pilling is a part of that if he can step up and, and be even if he is what yesperi cut kenyami was last year that's huge for this team if you consider suzuki and dvorak as as a top two centers yeah, and that and that's exactly it. This, this training camp's keyword should be opportunity because it's there for everyone. You like we're talking about like a Lucas Vedemo, a Laurent Dauphin, uh Jean Sebastian D and Ryan Palin. Everyone's competing for everything, and not just in the NHL. Like the Rocket guys are competing for the right time. The Rocket team is stacked too. Yeah. Like even if Palin goes to Laval, like he's not guaranteed a top line spot. Like it's it's a tough area. It's in competition breeds the best possible results. And that's what the Canadians need. They want the best NHL ready player, not just the guy who's there, unfortunately. And that's this chance in training camp right now for him. Uh, absolutely. You know, how, you know, we mentioned yes, very cut Kenyemi. I mean, there's been so many times when the team has been made by default, you know, and that's no disrespect to yes, very cut Kenyemi. But if you look at him being rushed, in his first year, he yes, he looked good, but also there was nobody else to keep him from taking that spot, right? There was nobody else. And, and I think that now that's not going to happen. And if you look at how this Canadians team is, you know, you look at the people who they lost, and I'm not even talking about Shea Weber right now, but look at Philip Deneau, Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Those are pretty big losses. You know, Corey Perry, even to a certain extent. Those are big losses. You're going to need Suzuki, Nick Suzuki, to step up a little bit from what he was a year ago. And the playoffs showed that he can probably do that. You need Christian Dvorak to, to be at least, you know, what Philip Dano was defensively and at least lead that, you know, be an anchor on that second line. But in order for this team to take the next step, you would have needed Jesperi Kakinyemi to step up a little bit. And obviously he's not here anymore, but you need either Ryan Paling or Jake Evans or whoever is in that line to step up a little bit improve a little bit and then you need you know jake evans or cedric bucket who was on, on that fourth line to step up a little bit and it makes you mentioned that competition that's what makes it great is that somebody is going to step up or hopefully somebody is going to step up for this team to to make that the whole better and you mentioned the, you know we mentioned the wingers I, I think that that's a key as well you need somebody to keep up with with those those wingers and whether it's mike hoffman or brendan gallagher or any one of those uh, those wingers, you know, Montreal one to eight. If you look at their wingers, even one to nine or ten, th- there's not many winger combinations I would take over Montreal. And yes, you're going to have high end on other teams, but I mean, you know, if you look at Arturi Lekin and Yul Armia as like your fourth line default 
Paul Byron as your 13 forward. I mean, that's a good place to be in. You know, obviously injuries could happen and Byron's already hurt uh, or are going to start the season hurt. But yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And, you know, credit to Ryan Paling for entering the conversation because a year ago, this would have been forced, right? Be like, oh, I guess we'll put Paling in that mix. But now he he deserves a look. And I'm curious to see if he'll, if, how he'll run with it. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Like we, we've said, it's it's up to him. He's got to make the most of it. This yeah. is his opportunity now. And it's not getting handed to him by default, like you said, but it, it's up to him. If it doesn't go wrong, if it goes wrong, that that's on him right now. Yeah. Like he's at a point that as much as we like Lucas Vedemo and Lauren Dauphin and other players, he should be ahead of them on the depth chart. It's It's on his shoulders now. And I think he's very well aware of that too. Exactly. Because if he doesn't step up, somebody else probably will. Right. No matter what it is. So yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. And and just one of the many things to look at at training camp, Scott, it's been a while. Thank you so much for, for joining me uh, on this podcast. And uh, we'll be back with the top five in just one more day. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time on have some money. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.